This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and Exceed Life Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. For more information, visit ExceedLifeChurch.org. Well, praise God. God is so good. I'm telling you, I'm excited about what God is doing. And uh, He's working in the midst of the, the storms in our lives. Amen? And today, I, I'm, uh, today is Healing Sunday, and we at Exceed Life Church, we like to, I like to minister on healing once a month because um, I really believe the enemy attacks us in three areas. One is in our health, another is in our finances, and another is with our relationships. And so really, we need to, the Bible says, how do you get faith? You get faith by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So if, if when I minister these messages on healing, um, it, it should embolden your faith so that you can receive what the promises of God's word says that we can receive. Amen. And so the title of this sermon is Miracle Keys. Miracle Keys. You know, when I look at the Bible, um, the whole Bible is a miracle. How the Bible came to us is a miracle. Everybody that seems like that God interacted with in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, most of these people, um, God performed miracles for. And so God is a God of miracles. Say that. God is a God of miracles. And so I'm believing that God's going to work some miracles out of even what's going on with the coronavirus. God's going to work miracles. And so my question to you today, are you believing for a miracle? You know, uh, there was this one famous uh, minister evangelist, um, Oral Roberts, and he had tent meetings back in the 50s. And he would preach and he would have people that would come to him that that needed miracles. They were people that medical science has given up on. And they would come to us meeting these people. Some of these people had cancer and they had other issues. And he would pray for them and God would do miracles in this tent meeting. And in his tent meetings. And and it was pretty awesome. And and he would he was on TV for a time and he would he would sing a song. Something good is going to happen to you this very day, this very day. Do you like my singing? <laughs> and uh, you got to believe that something good is going to happen to you. I think we can look at the news. We can look at all the bad that's happening, all the people that are perishing, but we're not seeing all the people that are surviving. And somebody said 97% of the people are actually surviving the coronavirus. So we need to talk about all the survivors, not just those that are um, perhaps uh, dying of, of this virus. Amen. So God is working miracles in our midst. And so I believe that you, you got to get up every day and you got to become a believing believer. Amen. You have to start believing that God is the God of miracles. Amen. And I looked up miracle by the Webster's Dictionary. And it says a miracle is an extraordinary event manifesting divine intervention in human affairs. That's, that's pretty awesome. And then it says the, as of the healing miracles described in the Gospels. So that was in the Webster's Dictionary. So they use the healing miracles of Jesus as 
the, uh, as divine intervention in human affairs. So I broke it down like this. A miracle is God's intervention to human problems. So it's, it's God coming in to the problems of mankind. And so God delights to come in to our problems. God delights to do miracles in the midst of darkness. God delights in, in doing this. And, and uh, Psalm 77, 14 says, You are the God who performs miracles. You display your power among the peoples. So God delights in doing miracles. Amen. Uh, Job 5, 9 says this. He, talking about God, performs wonders that cannot be fathomed. Miracles that cannot be counted. Amen. Jeremiah 32, 27 says this. I am the Lord, the God of all mankind. Is anything too hard for me? So nothing is too hard for God. I'm telling you, by the time I'm done with this sermon, you should be running around your house. Glory to God. And shouting the glory of God. I might have to, some of the people that are watching right here, the nine people here, eight people here, you guys are going to have to contain yourselves when I get done with this sermon. Amen? Glory to God. Contain yourself. Hallelujah. And so, and so the number one key, uh, I'm going to talk to you about miracle keys. Amen? And, um, and so, in other words, key, your key to receive a miracle and the number one key to receive a miracle is that you, uh, the number one key is that you have to recognize that you need a miracle. <laughs> In other words, the number one key for you to get a miracle is to have a problem. <laughs> and number one key. In other words, you've got to have a problem to, to have a promise attached to it to get rid of the, the problem. And so um, uh, the number one key. So we don't want to lose sight that we need a miracle. I think sometimes... We um, get in, in our lives and sometimes we're dealing with issues and problems. And for some of us, it's been dealing with issues and problems longer than a week, maybe longer than a month. Maybe it's going on for a year or two years. Sometimes we settle into the problem. But I'm going to say don't settle in to the problem. I'm going to say this, that you, you can't get to the place where you settle in. You got to continue to believe that perhaps maybe today is your miracle day. And I believe today can be your miracle day. John 5, 1 through 9. And this is a story about Jesus. And um, let's read this. It says, after there was a feast of the Jews, Jesus went up to Jerusalem now. Now there in Jerusalem by the sheep gate of pool, which is called in Hebrew, Bethesda. And having five porches in these laid a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. Then whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was made well of whatever disease he had. Now a certain man was there who had an infirmity 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there, and knew that he already had been in the condition a long time. He said to him, do you want to be made well? The sick man answered him, sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. But while I am coming, another steps down before me. 
Jesus said to him, rise, take up your bed and walk. And immediately the man was made well, took up his bed and walked. And that day was the Sabbath. So um, we see here in this uh, account, we see here that there was a place where the sick would gather. And um, it, it was a place called uh, uh, Bethesda. And in the Aramaic, it means house of mercy. And, uh, you know, in a sense, the church is a house of mercy. And so this man, it says that, that there were sick that were there and they would try to get into the pool when a angel would stir it up and some would get healed uh, through that. And so this man was was waiting for somebody to help him to get in that pool or to try to get in there before somebody else. And we noticed that this man just seemed like he could not get the help. You know, you know, man can only help so far, but God can help to the utmost. And so here Jesus came and Jesus saw this man. And now he was he had an infirmity. We don't know exactly what was wrong with him. We don't know what exactly, but he was dealing with something for 38 years. That's a long time. And so, but Jesus saw him in his misery. And Jesus, it was interesting. Jesus asked him, do you want to be made well? You know, that's an interesting question because some people that have sicknesses and uh, it has some infirmities, sometimes they wear that as a badge of honor. Sometimes they want to tell people the, the weaknesses they're dealing with so people can receive, uh, give them, uh, you know, uh, sympathy. Or that they can feel like, look, you know, they, they, they wear it as a badge of honor, as in it can be a sense of pride in their life. Look at the cross that I'm bearing for Jesus. So we don't want to use sickness as a cross that we're bearing for Jesus. No, Jesus already bore that cross of sickness when he received stripes on his body. We don't want to wear sickness as a badge of pride saying, look how holy I am. I can endure this and still go to church. No, 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 no. Jesus paid the price so that we don't have to endure sickness and pain and we have to learn to receive it. So so Jesus asked this man, uh, 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 do you want to get well? And it's interesting that the man, I would think, you know, if I was there, I would say, yes. <laughs> but he said, there, you know, there's, no, there's nobody that will help me get in that pool. He was focused on one way to get healed was to get in that pool where an angel would stir it up. But, but you know, Jesus is the healer. Amen. You know, some people and some, unfortunately, some ministers and some denominations will teach that God doesn't do miracles anymore. Some teach that all the miracles were done and it was just in the Bible. It was just to verify that the Bible is a true book. But I don't believe that. And the reason why I don't believe that is because the Bible says that Jesus is the same yesterday, today and forever. God is not the God of I was. He's the God of I am. So he's the I am God. And what does that mean? He's the God that what you need at that particular time, you need it. Whatever you need, if, if you, whatever blessing you need, he's the, not the God of I was. No, he's the God of I am. 
Amen. He is whoever you need him to be in your crisis of life. Amen. We need to put the big C Christ over the crisis in our lives. And I think even what, what's going on with this pandemic, hopefully that's moving some of us closer to God. Hopefully we're, we're seeing that we're in the last days. That, that Jesus already predicted these things would come in the last days. And that even with our freedoms being shut down, we can see that we're in the last days. Amen. Amen. But you know what? Jesus came to free us. Amen. From the tyranny of sin and death. Amen. So we see here that this man was sick for 38 years and he was at the pool. And then Jesus said, do you want to be weighed well? And he said, there's no man that can help me. Yes, we don't want to put our faith and trust in man. Thank God that they can. Medical science, thank God for it. I, I, don't, I believe in doctors. If I need to go to one, I will. But let's put our faith and trust in Jesus. Let's become believing believers. And so we see this, and, and it's interesting that in John 5, verse 14, uh, Jesus actually, the man didn't know it was Jesus that set him free. He was, uh, well, let's go back to the story. Jesus said to the man, get up, take up your pallet and walk. What Jesus was saying is, don't come back to this place because you don't need it. In other words, don't come back to a place where you need to get into a pool. Don't camp in your sickness anymore. Get your pallet and start walking. In other words, there's a song that I listened to put out by one musician, and he says, soldier, keep on walking. There's a line in the song. Soldiers, I'm going to say this, we're soldiers in the army of God, and no matter what's hitting us, we keep walking. We keep walking towards the glory of God. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? We keep, keep walking, soldier. We keep walking, and that's what Jesus said. Take up your pallet. And start walking. Amen. In other words, walk into the destiny that God's called you to walk into. And I believe that that whatever all this trials and tribulations that's coming in to this earth realm is waking people up to start walking in the destiny that God's calling us to walk in. Can I get an amen? amen? Glory to God. Help me preach it this morning. And then, it's, then Jesus found him in the temple in John 5, verse 14, and said to him, See, you have been made well. Sin no more, lest a worse thing come upon you. This is interesting because it appears that this man's sin opened the door for the devil to come in. In, in other words, his sin, the man's sin gave the devil legal right to attack his body. And so, so Jesus was saying to him, you know, don't go back into a lifestyle that goes against God's word. See, once we receive God's blessing in our life, there's a response that we, it's a responsibility to God's grace and his blessings on our life. What's that responsibility? For us to start walking with God. 
Amen. And so what, what was Jesus saying? He was saying, don't go back in that sin anymore. Now you're made free, but don't go back into that. Why? Because you don't want bondage to come on you and you don't want anything worse coming on you. Amen. Amen? And what's the worst thing? Well, he could end up in hell for his sin. That could be the worst thing. Amen. But praise God. Jesus' grace is with us. And as long as we acknowledge, the Bible says he that doesn't acknowledge his sin uh, calls God a liar. But when we acknowledge our sin, when we acknowledge to God, there's areas in our life that we need fixed. And we come to him and we ask forgiveness. What does he do? His blood washes us. And cleanses us from all unrighteousness. You may say, well, I've messed up many more times and I prayed that prayer. Well, guess what? Every time you pray that prayer in sincerity of heart, then all the times before that is washed away and you only missed it that one time. Does that make sense? In other words, God forgets your sin. He puts it under the blood. He casts your sin as far as the east is from the west. So sometimes we count how many times we sin, but God doesn't count it against us when we repent of our sins and he washes us and he cleanses us. What? From all unrighteousness. That's good news. In other words, we have right standing with God again. Amen. In other words, you might be dealing with some issues in your life, but keep repenting. Keep asking God's grace to come in. Amen. And his grace will come in and strengthen you and you will do those things less and less until you're walking in purity like God wants you to walk in. Amen. The second key for a a, a miracle, you know, we have to recognize that we need a miracle. In other words, we need a call on God. We don't need a call on, you know, when we encounter a trial or tribulation, a disease or whatever, we need a call on God. Amen. And uh, we need to do that. And that's humility. The number two key is that we must have a passionate desire uh, for a miracle in spite of our obstacles. In other words, we must have a desire to be healed. We must have a desire to be delivered. And that desire can't be a so-so desire. Oh, I can live with it. I can live with this problem. No, we have to have a desire that's a passionate desire For that thing to get out of our life. Whatever you're dealing with. If it's poverty. You have to have a passionate desire. That that poverty is not going to be in your life. You've got to have a passionate desire. That sickness is not going to be in your life. Passion. What passion really is. Is a hatred towards a thing. That's that's taken away from your life. You've got to hate sickness. You've got to hate poverty. You've got to hate sin. You got to hate that you got you you don't. In other words, you're not going to allow it to be in your life. So when you get passionate, see, I believe Jesus was passionate. He was passionate in setting people free. He was passionate in setting the captives free. Amen. And so we got to get a revelation on that. Let's look at this story in Mark. uh, Chapter two, one through twelve. And. um. It says, and again, he entered into Capernaum, talking about Jesus. After some days, it was heard that he was in that in the house. That's interesting the way he said he was in the house. And some people believe that that's talking that Jesus uh, owned his own home. Amen. So he's in the house. Jesus is in his own house. 
Immediately many gathered together so that there was no longer room to receive them. So Jesus was having a house meeting. And not even, and, and there were so many people that the house was totally full, not even uh, near the door. And he preached the word to them, talking about Jesus. Then they came to him, bringing a paralytic who was carried by four men. And when they could not come near him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was. So then they had broken through. They let down the bed in which a paralytic was lying. When Jesus saw their faith, notice that Jesus saw their faith. He said to the paralytic, sons, son, your sins are forgiven you. And some of the scribes are sitting there reasoning in their hearts. Why does this man speak blasphemies like this? Who can forgive sin but God alone? But immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they reasoned thus within themselves, he said to them, why do you reason about these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven you or say, arise, take up your bed and walk. Notice Jesus uh, 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 had the ability to forgive sins. Why? Because Jesus is God in the flesh. Jesus is not some good prophet. Some good teacher. No, he's he's the he's God in the flesh. He's the son of God anointed by the Holy Spirit. And he and he has all rights, all rights given to the father to him to even judge mankind. Jesus is our judge. Amen. And it says here, but that you may know that the son of man and his power on, has power on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, I say to you, arise, take up your bed and go to your house. And immediately he rose, took up his bed, and went out in the presence of them all, so that all were amazed and glorified God, saying, we never saw anything like this. So we see here that, um, that you have to have, you know, my second key is you have to have a passion and desire to overcome all obstacles that will try to keep you from obtaining your miracle. So we see here that the four uh, that that this man had four friends and we see that that the obstacles were there was too many people in Jesus's house. It was they had crowds there. There was no way they could get in to see Jesus. So what did they do? They thought we can get on top of the roof and they said we're going to get on top of this roof and they overcame the obstacles. They overcame the, the resistance if I may. And they got up on the roof and it took faith. They said it was a faith of their friends that Jesus saw. But it even took faith of that of that paralytic to allow them to haul him up on top of that roof. Think about that. And uh, so, you know, they they're pulling this man up on top of the roof and they tear a hole on, on top of the roof and they let this man down. Talk, talking about getting serious <laughs> about getting a healing. In other words, they weren't going to take no for an answer. See, if, you, if you're going to approach God, you've got to get to a place in your faith that you're not going to take no for an answer. Because God is not the God of no. He's the God of yes. He's the God of amen and yes. The promise, the God, God's word says his promises are yes and amen. Amen. His promises. God's promises. Can I get a witness in the house this morning? I, I think I'm preaching myself happy. I'm about ready to run around this room. Glory to God. 
So, so are you listening to what I'm saying today? And so when, when they drop this man down in the front of the crowd, Jesus saw their faith and said to the man, your sins are forgiven. Think about that. Woo, glory to God. I'm going to say this to you this morning. If you are a blood-bought Christian, if you've received Jesus in your heart and you're walking with God, your sins are forgiven. Woo, that's good news. In other words, you're not under the law. You're under the grace of God. And are you listening to what I'm saying? And in his grace, it's abundant life. In his grace, it's provision. In his grace, it's health and healing. Somebody say, I'm under the grace. Glory to God. I'm under the grace this morning, Thomas. You're under the grace, glory to God. You're under the grace, Arlene. Glory to God. You're under the grace, Michael and James. Say, I'm under the grace. Amen. In other words, we're under the blessings of heaven. Glory to God. Why? Because our sins have been washed away and we're in right standing with God the Father. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Man, I'm, I'm preaching myself happy this morning. And so reason why he said to this man, your sins are forgiven, because you've got to take condemnation off of people before they can receive the blessings of God. In other words, we, the Bible says if you have confidence with God, then you know that God hears you. And if you know that God hears you, you have the petitions answered. And so when we have confidence in God, and we believe his word and we believe his blood cleanses us from all unrighteousness. Then we have nothing holding us back from the blessing of healing and a miracle. And so when he said, son, your sins are forgiven, like he's saying to us, your church, your sins are forgiven. Receive the blessing. And so he said, take up your pallet and walk again. He's saying, get up and start walking Away from sickness, start walking away from poverty, start walking away from sin, glory to God, and start walking in the glory of God. Glory, I'm going to have to watch this sermon over again, glory to God, I'm, I'm preaching myself happy. So we got we to gotta walk, keep walking, amen, somebody say keep walking, glory to God, hallelujah. So, so we must, we must have a passionate desire and we must, that overcomes all obstacles that will try to keep us from coming to church or from coming, uh, coming in online. I remember a lady that came to uh, my church a few years back, many years back, and I was a new pastor and uh, we were having a service. It was a Sunday night service and uh, we were having a uh, service and uh, this lady uh, was dealing with a herniated disc. She had excruciating pain in her back. Uh, she came in our church on a Sunday night and she was on a walk uh, on crutches. And she got to her church and she said she needed prayer. She needed healing. And, uh, and she was going to go to the doctors. Uh, I think she was scheduled to go for surgery to, to, for her back, for her herniated disc. And, um, and so, but we are believers in this church. And we believe that God still does miracles. And so I prayed with her as well as other people in the church for a miracle. And God did a miracle that Sunday night. All the pain left her body. And she, she started screaming, praise God, praise God. 
And she left our building with her crutches. She left the crutches behind. And she was and she was totally healed that Sunday night. She went to the doctors and they said, you don't even have a herniated disc any longer. She had, she came back to church a week. She had a bag full of medicine, pain relievers, all that. She says, I don't need these anymore. And she and she showed the bag. She she was totally healed. Why? And she, and she she went to her neighbor and said, I got to get to church. And, I, and our church was close to where she lived. And she basically said to her neighbor, if you don't drive me over there, I'm walking. <laughs> In other words, keep walking. And so she she her neighbor, you know, reluctantly took her to our church. In other words, what I'm saying, you got to have faith to overcome all obstacles. And she came in and the and God respects faith. And when we come to God in faith, God will do miracles. Amen. And so and so we you, you must believe it. Say, I believe that. So number three key, you must believe that it's God's desire to do a miracle in healing to deliver you. That it's God's will to heal you. Amen. In other words, God doesn't want us walking around with sickness or any kind of infirmities. No, he already made a provision for us. And we need to get a revelation of that. That provision is in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Is in the stripes of Jesus Christ. Amen. And so we must get a revelation of that. Let's let's look at what Jesus gave his first sermon when he came out of the wilderness. See, Jesus got baptized before he even started preaching. He got baptized by John the Baptist in the River Jordan. And the Bible said the you see, Jesus never performed a miracle before he was baptized in the river and until the spirit of God, uh, 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 of the Holy Spirit came upon him. And so when he got baptized in that Jordan River, the Bible says it was like a dove. The, the spirit of God came upon G- Jesus and then Jesus was immediately sent into the wilderness to be tested. And so, listen, you might be in a we might seem like we're in a wilderness with all that's going on with the coronavirus and the lockdowns and all that. But I'm going to say this. Jesus overcame in the wilderness and we have Jesus on the inside of us and we're going to overcome in this wilderness too. And guess what's going to happen when we overcome and come through this coronavirus pandemic? We're going to come out. The church is going to come out in the power of the Spirit. And I'm telling you, we got the power of the spirit right now. Glory to God. But I'm telling you, we're going to come through in the power of spirit. So Jesus now now Jesus uh, defeated Satan in the wilderness. How did he do that? By the word of God. And then now Jesus goes to the temple. And he goes to the temple in Luke 4, 16 through 19. And he reads the scripture, which this scripture is in Isaiah and it's about his calling. Amen. And see, I'm going to say this to you today. You have a calling. You have a place in the body of Christ. You have a God has a place for you. Amen. And God has a particular job for you to do. Amen. And and we're called to set the captives free. Amen. And so it says here in Luke 4, 16 and 19, it says, So he came, talking about Jesus, to Nazareth when he had been brought up. And as his custom, 
Jesus's custom was to go to church. Amen. And he went into the synagogue and on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. And he was handed the book of the prophet as Isaiah. And when he opened the book, he found the place where it was written. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. Somebody say the spirit of the Lord is upon me. You see, see, we are the body of Jesus. And if Jesus is anointed, we are anointed. You are anointed. And so Jesus says here, the spirit of the Lord is upon me and the spirit of the Lord is upon the body of Christ. Because he has anointed me and he has anointed us to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to bring liberty to the captives. To, to recover sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. You know, uh, he only read that part of Isaiah. Why? Because the rest of Isaiah talks about the vengeance of the Lord, our God. But see, we're not in the vengeance of the Lord, our God right now. We're under the grace of God. Amen. See, this coronavirus is not a judgment coming from God. I believe that. I believe it's the devil that's coming to steal, kill, and to destroy. And and Jesus said, I came that you may have life and have it more abundantly. The the coronavirus, it's devil inspired. But even though whatever the enemy means for harm, God can turn for good. So whatever the enemy means for evil, God can work good out of evil. And I believe that we're getting closer to God. I believe that this time God is moving us into a position so that we can be that glorious church that he's calling us to be. Amen. And I believe if you're a little nervous out here, maybe you're a Christian. Like, I hope I don't get it. Listen, if you're a Christian, you're walking with God. You're not going to get it. Glory to God. Why? Because you're under divine protection. Glory to God. So we must we must uh, believe in the assignment of Jesus. And his assignment is to, as it says in John, it says his assignment is to undo the works of evil one. And so Jesus went around healing people and delivering people for demonic spirits. So God is into healing and he's into deliverance. In other words, you know, you may be dealing with a sickness or you may be dealing with a a chronic uh, uh, problem, uh, a weakness, uh, a, a habit, an ungodly habit. But Jesus came not only to heal the sick, but to deliver us from the power of those things. He is the deliverer. Somebody say, I believe that. I believe that. Amen. So so we, we must believe the assignment of Jesus. And again, Jesus is the same yesterday, today and forever. Again, Jesus is not the Jesus of I was. He's a Jesus of I am. Just a reminder. Glory to God. So and so we must believe another key is we must believe that God has the power to do miracles. We must believe that. Amen. Uh, You know, uh, Jesus uh, actually would say to some of the people that he would pray for. He would say, do you believe that I can heal you? He would say that to some of these people. Do you believe? Do you believe when I 
uh, pray for you, you'll be healed. Amen. I will say that when people come up for healing in this church, we pray for the sick. And I will say, do you believe God can heal you when I pray for you? And if I get, I don't know, I say, go sit down. Because you better say, I believe. I believe. Why? Because that is a key to unlocking the miracles. Somebody say, I'm a believing believer. So, so Jesus would say, do you believe that I can uh, do this? That I can heal you? And, and they would say, yes. And, and then what Jesus would say, according to your faith, let it be done unto you. According to your faith. According to my faith, I'm protected from the coronavirus. According to your faith, what are you saying? What are you saying? I'm protected. My family's protected. This church is protected. Nobody in our church will come down with a coronavirus. Well, how can you be so sure, Pastor? Because I'm a believer. And you must become a believing believer. I'm not afraid of the big bad wolf. I'm not afraid of some mysterious virus out there. Why? Because I walk in Psalms 91. No plague should come near my dwelling. I walk in Romans 8. What does Romans 8 says? Romans 8 says, therefore, there is now no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. That means I have no condemnation. And then, and then, then, then Paul says, for the law of life in Christ Jesus has made us free from the law of sin and death. So, so as Christians, we walk in the law of life in Christ Jesus. Amen, Amen on that. You know, um, there was this man that was raised up to be an evangelist, John G. Lake. And at that time when he was, he was in uh, the uh, African country, he was a missionary. And, uh, and they had the bluponic plague. And, and they had, you know, masks and they were doing everything. But he wasn't wearing a mask. And he wasn't wearing gloves and he was ministering to the sick and praying for them. And he and he was so bold that he took the froth off of a dead person. The 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 the, the, you know, because they would, you know, slobber and all that. He took the slobber off of a dead person. And why he was in a clinic, because he was he 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 loved science. And he said and he took the froth, which was full of the of of the, the plague virus and he said, now stick it under the microscope and watch the germs die in my hand. And they did that and the germs died in his hand. Wow. Why? And, and they said, how, how are you able to resist this? He said, I resist this because I believe in Romans 8. I walk in the law of life in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, he's not being safe. Listen. You, you, yes, I'm not against not uh, yeah, be safe, do all that you can do, but still believe Amen. you can be safe. But he was taking it to another level. It wasn't him being foolish. He, he just had faith and belief that the law of life in Christ Jesus is greater than the law of sin and death. So I'm going to say to you today, the law of life in Christ Jesus is greater. Somebody say it's greater. Somebody say grace is greater, is greater than the law. Somebody say, I'm under grace. I'm not under the law. Amen. So grace is greater. Amen. Somebody say grace is greater. 
So we must believe that. You know, I love what it says in Isaiah 44, 6 and 8. It's, and this is talking about God. It says, thus says the Lord. Because sometimes we, sometimes when you think about God, you, you ever think about this? I wonder if there's another God out there. Or is God the only God? Or maybe is there somebody out there like God? You know, and, you know, has, is there another God? And God addresses this issue in Isaiah. And it says this way. And I love this. It says, thus says the Lord, the King of Israel and his Redeemer, the Lord of hosts. I am the first and the last. Besides me, there is no God. <laughs> Amen. That's powerful. God, God is the self-existent one. And God is all knowing. And he says, besides me, there's nobody else like me. Amen. Think about that. And he says, besides me, there is no other God. And who can proclaim as I do? Then let him declare it and set it in order for me. In other words, we serve a mighty God. Amen. And God is all knowing. And God says, I know of nobody like me. Hallelujah. Think about that. And we serve the living God. Not only do we serve the living God, nobody like him, but he lives in us. Oh, I could just stop right now and drop the mic. I'm talking about the living God living on the inside of me. I'm talking about the God almighty. There's no one like God. He's the self-existent one. Do you think God gets sick? No, he doesn't. You think Jesus got sick when he was in his ministry? No, he took away sickness. No, God is not up in heaven fighting a cold. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? No, no, he doesn't get sick. Sickness has no part of God. Why? He's perfect. He's immune. And if God is in us, guess what? We're immune. Can, can I get an amen in the crowd today? So, so he says, besides me, there is no God. And who can proclaim as I do? Then let him declare it and set it in order for me. Since I appointed the ancient people and the things that are coming and shall come, let them show these to them. Do not fear nor be afraid. I have not told you from that time and declare it. You are my witnesses. There, th- is there a God besides me with a question mark? Indeed, there is no other rock. I know not one. Ooh, I love that. God is bold. He just declares it like it is. Uh, And you know what? As God people, we might need to get bold and get out of some timidity. We might need to declare some things like God declares some things. We might need to get bold about our faith. Do I have any bold people in the house this morning? Do I have any bold people watching online today? Do I have anybody declaring that God's power is greater than the devil's power? I'm declaring boldness this morning. Amen. Do you have faith that God can do a miracle when you can't even feel God? Yes, you must have faith. When Jesus departed, Matthew 9, 27, 30, when Jesus departed from there, two blind men followed him, crying out, saying, Son of David, have mercy on us. And when he had come into the house, the blind men came to him. And Jesus said to him, do you believe that I am able to do this? Notice that. Then they said to they said, yes, Lord. Then he touched their eyes. 
Jesus, touch their eyes. According to your faith, let it be done unto you. And their eyes were opened. And Jesus sternly warned them, saying, see that no one knows it. So we see that that their faith accessed the grace of God. We must believe in spite of what it looks like. We must believe and receive a now miracle. In other words, God can do a miracle today. Maybe you're maybe you're watching online. Maybe you're not a part of this church. Maybe you're infected with the coronavirus. God can do a miracle and set you free from it and bring you through it like 97 percent of the people that get it. Glory to God. Say, I'm receiving my miracle today. Amen. So we must believe we must have a now faith. Glory to God. In Hebrews 11, 1, 3, I'm winding up. It says in Hebrews 11, 1, 3, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. Amen. The evidence of things not seen. Amen. And it says here, drop down, for by it the elders obtain a good testimony. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. What am I saying to you today? I'm saying that the unseen realm, the spiritual realm, God's the spirit. We worship him in spirit and in truth. And the spirit realm is more real than the natural realm we live in today. And the spirit realm will be here Longer than the natural realm. Glory to God. And the spirit realm takes precedence over the natural realm. And Jesus said, my words are spirit and they're life to those who find them. And so God's word will change seen things in the natural realm. Do you believe that? Say, I believe that. And so we must have a now faith for a now miracle today. So we do that by now faith is a substance of things hoped for, envisioned for. You must see yourself healthy. You must see yourself whole. Mark eleven twenty four. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Uh, he said, believe first and then receive second. Are uh, you listening to what I'm saying to you today? You believe that you have it before you get it. Oh, man, I'm preaching today. What, Pastor? I thought I had to wait until I get it. Then I could proclaim that I'm healed. No, you say it first and then you receive it second. Believe that you have received. See, what the problem is for us that's not receiving our healing is because we're not believing that we have our healing yet. We're waiting for a manifestation of God to move, for a symptom to go. But no, 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 no. You must believe first and you receive second. Okay, can I back this up? Can I back this up this morning? Can I give you a little story of how Jesus made it work in his day? Let's look at Luke 17, 12 through 14. It says, and then he entered a certain village, talking about Jesus, that there met him 10 men who were lepers who stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, master, have mercy on us. So when he saw them, he said to them, go show yourself to the priests. So it was as they went, they were cleansed. Now, let's look at this story. The 10 leopards were crying out to Jesus, have mercy on us. And Jesus says to them, go, 
show yourself to the priest as an, in other words, as an offering that you are healed. The priest would check out people that were sick and, and, and they were like the modern day doctors of that day. And they would, they would even proclaim you as being healed or sick. They were the ones that were quarantining you. The Pharisees and the Sadducees, the, 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 the you know, they would, they were the, the doctors of that day in a sense. So they were the ones that would say you need to be quarantined or you're free and you don't have to be quarantined. And so what did Jesus say? Jesus said, go show yourself a priest uh, as a testimony of your healing. And so if they if they just stood there and waited and did nothing, they would have received nothing. But as they turned and started walking towards the temple, they received their healing. Think about that. And it says, as they went, they were cleansed. Think about that. So, so, so as they started walking towards the temple, because they, they uh, obeyed an instruction from Jesus, they got their healing. See, people come to me and, and I pray for them. And we, you may not have a physical manifestation that, at that point, but as you go, you may be healed. Are you listening to what I'm saying today? In other words, when I pray, the power of God is working in your body to cause a healing and and to occur in your body. You believe that today? Now, let me just and I'm trying to close this down, man. I I, I know it's getting a little late. Hang with me. Uh, We if we're going to keep our healing, somebody say keep your healing because the devil will try to come back. And he will try to put a lion symptom on your body, but you cannot accept that package. So sometimes when you get something and then you, then you get a miraculous healing, sometimes the devil will try to come back and put a symptom back on your body. And so uh, so we got to be very careful because the Bible's the, the Bible's very clear that we, we need to be vigilant in our faith. And so so how are we going to? Uh, keep the disease from coming back. Once we're healed, we need to testify. In other words, we need to tell people of the miracle that God has done in our life. And the more you talk about it, the more faith that you're going to have in it. And the more you're going to walk in the blessing. It says in Revelation 12, 11, they overcame him who the devil by the blood of the lamb and a word of their testimony. In other words, we keep Walking in overcoming faith when we testify about the goodness of God. Amen. When Jesus uh, came to the demoniac uh, and set him free of 6,000 demons, uh, the demoniac was now in his right mind. He was fully clothed and he wanted to come with Jesus. And you know what Jesus said to him? Uh, don't come with me. Go back home and tell everybody what great things God has done for you. Why was Jesus saying that? Because he was cementing. See, the guy that was demon possessed, the demoniac that Jesus set free now had a ministry. You see, your misery will become your ministry. Your tests will become your testimony. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? Your mess would become your message. And so whatever the enemy is trying to do in our life, as long as we receive what God wants us to receive, our deliverance, we need to start telling people, I'm delivered. 
I'm set free. From whom the Son is set free is free indeed. And we must stand firm against lying symptoms. How do we do that? Uh, It says in James, it says, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. We submit to God. How do we do that? By speaking God's promises every day about his healing promises in our life. I I almost speak every day, by Jesus stripes, I'm healed. I, I like to say that. Say that after me. By Jesus stripes, I am healed. So as we say these things and meditate on the word of God every day, that no plague should come near our dwelling that no weapon formed against us shall prosper, that the gates of hell shall not prevail against the living church. As we start making daily confessions that God is our shepherd and we shall not lack for any good thing. As we make these daily confessions, our faith stays emboldened and it's like a shield that blocks all the fiery missiles of the enemy. Oh, you hear what I'm saying to you today? You know, my mom received a healing in church many years ago and she uh, she received a healing. And uh, this she was in the Methodist church and she was going to go for, I I think, surgery over this. But she knew she was healed in the Methodist church. A a minister was actually ministering on healing. And three about three days later, the symptoms that she was dealing with came back on her. And the thought came to her. From the Holy Spirit, this is of the devil. Now, she didn't have any teaching that, that God is good and the devil's bad. And that the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And Jesus came to give us life and life more abundantly. She didn't know that it's the devil that's the one that puts sickness on people. But she, the Holy Spirit said that symptom is of the devil. So what did she do? She likes, she likes to play uh, the organ and she, she started, uh, she took some lessons when she was a kid. And um, uh, she, uh, she started playing some worship music, uh, some, uh, some worship songs on the, on the organ. As she started worshiping God, every symptom left her body. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? And I'm saying that you might receive a healing. You might even receive a deliverance from a bad habit. But it doesn't mean that you may not be tempted again. Yes, you could have some temptations, but what do we do? We resist temptations. We resist the enemy. And what we, we submit to God. How? By speaking his word. We, we, we submit to God. We resist the devil. How? By not speaking. Oh my gosh, I got it. I must have, I must never have been healed. No, the healing power of God is working continuously in our bodies. The delivering power of God. You know, we have been delivered from the power of darkness. We have been translated into God's dear son's kingdom of love. We, we need to be confessing these scriptures on a daily basis until our heart takes hold of it and we truly believe it. And then we'll become that bold church that God called us to be. Did you receive it this morning? Praise God. God is so good. Maybe some of you are watching now. And, and this is a time that we're going to uh, uh, receive tithes and offerings. Before I, I do that, I, I want to pray for you. I want to pray a prayer for you uh, while you're watching. And I believe that the power of God can go through your phone, can go through your computer screen. Perhaps you're watching it on TV, YouTube, can go through your that TV set 
and heal your body if you're suffering with anything. Not just the coronavirus. Maybe you're suffering with allergies. God can heal your allergies. Maybe you're suffering with a headache. God can heal a headache. Maybe you're dealing with a backache or, a, or whatever. God has the power to heal you. So I'm going to pray for you. And I'm going I'm to believe that God's going to invade your life. And he's going to do a miracle. Father God, I thank you for those that are watching Online and those that, that are dealing with, with any type of sickness. And Jesus, you came to set the captives free. So I'm standing in agreement and praying for their deliverance. Father, I'm praying, Father God, and standing in agreement in the name of Jesus, all lying symptoms has to leave their bodies in the name of Jesus. And I thank you, Father God, for a miraculous miracle in the lives of those that need it today. And I thank you for giving it to them. Thank you that the power of God is moving forth as your word says that you sent your word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. And Father, I thank you that your word is going forth through the airwaves and healing and delivering and setting people free and they're getting their miracles today in Jesus' name. And we all say, Amen. Amen. Praise God. Maybe you're here and you're watching online uh, and you've never made a, a, a commitment to God. You've never asked Jesus to come into your life. Or maybe you're a Christian and you're not walking, in, you're walk, you're not walking with Christ like you need to. Well, today's the day of salvation. You need to get back in that place with God. And so I want to lead you in a prayer that will help you get back in that place. And, and I believe as you as you call upon the name of the Lord, you shall be saved. Amen. Say this out, out loud and mean in your heart. Say, dear God, I believe Jesus, you died on the cross for my sins. Jesus, I believe you were raised from the dead for my justification. Jesus, I receive you today as my Lord and my Savior, my healer. And my miracle worker. And I thank you for saving me today. And today I'm turning my back on sin and darkness. And I'm turning fully to you, Lord Jesus. And Heavenly Father, fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. We thank you for listening to this message. For more information, visit us at exceedlifechurch.org 